Welcome back to Infinite Geek Talk, an ongoing conversation between your hosts, former DC Comics editor and owner of Infinite Heroes in Watertown, Connecticut, Paul Santos, who is joined by Keith Field, co-founder of Gorilla Valley Games and the owner of Rat's Nest Studios. Let's listen in. And uh, something that, that came up, I don't know if the old mechanical ear caught it up or not, was that uh, when we were lads, of course, uh, we, like all good-hearted folk, uh, understood that uh, the, the greatest entertainment in the force in, in the universe is headed by a anthropomorphic mouse. Uh, I speak, of course, of the Chuck E. Cheese uh-huh. empire. Um, the Chuck E. Cheese... Uh, myself and and dear Richard, our, our soundmeister, Meister Sounder, uh, were just chatting about our memories of Chuck E. Cheese, and and knowing that Paul is is several years younger than us, I threw up a curious eyebrow and said, "Hey, Paul, are you part of the 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 Brotherhood of the Enlightened who understands that the Chuck E. Cheese Empire that?" grew to prominence in the 90s and, and died when we all decided that the horror of COVID flu uh, should shatter our way of life and steal us of our smiling mouse mascots. Uh, it, it has closed its doors almost entirely, certainly the one closest to us in the foul-smelling Naugatuck Valley, I speak of the Waterbury Chuck E. Cheese, is now passed right. into to memory. This was not the original Chuck E. Cheese. No, I, I have long maintained it is, of course, one of the fake Chuck E. Cheeses. Now, I will educate you, Paul. I, I feel this is something that's missing from your life that will make you a more well-rounded human being. Yeah, I had no idea there were counterfeit Chuck E. Cheese. Well, here, here's the deal. Now, there are, are, are more researched and, and wise accounts for this hither and yon on the interwebs. But in short... Back during the arcade explosion of the early 80s, a gentleman by the name of Nolan Bushnell, one, oh, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the, the fathers of, of video gamery, uh, was a part financier and, and, and founder of a experimental entertainment restaurant concern, and that, of course, was Chuck E. Cheese uh, Pizza Time Theater. I stress pizza time theater because while the ghetto children have been spiraling into diseased ball pits since the 90s, no theater, pizza time, or otherwise, nay, theater of war perhaps, one of tragedy and misery, for that homunculus chain that you are familiar with was not the pizza time theater. Ultimately, it is the birthplace of the giant animatronic terror monsters that have been popularized with uh, things like Five Nights at Freddy's. Right, right, right. And um, elsewhere. Uh, there was a split early in the life of this initially very successful chain of uh, children's play centers. Now, what was the difference? Imagine, if you will, an arcade the size of a small plaza. Oh, wow. In, in Waterbury, filled with what were then always the most popular games and standards. There was no walking in to just ball pits and skee-ball. It was every game that mattered currently on the arcade circuit. I would sit and play Sinistar for so many hours that I could not tell where the joystick 
began and I ended, or however you prefer to say that. Regardless, I hungered, Paul. That and Dig Dug and Popeye. First place I saw any of them. Now, I know this won't matter to a lot of uh, our listeners outside the Connecticut area. Indeed. But where was this located? Well, my dear boy, this is the, this is your EC Comics gasp choke moment. Okay. You will, of course, remember another fallen juggernaut of Waterbury, the American Steakhouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the front door, and pretty much that whole plaza was the Chuck E. Cheese. Are you All the kidding? way down to the midpoint, that's where the cutoff was. On the other side of that cutoff, there was what? Toys R Us? Toys R Us, yeah. 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 A plaza of miracles. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. It shows the difference of the few years between us. That Even though it's, what, five years or so? That was enough time that little Paulito, little baby no P, idea. none of this would have registered. When did it collapse? 85? Oh, the tales I can tell. Well, here was the deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Bushnell and his partners, and this is where I, I can't speak terribly intelligently, it was him, his partner, I don't know, corporate whirly gets, and somebody bought somebody else out. There was a lawsuit wrapped mm-hmm. in the midst of it. And so Chuck E. Cheese diverged at that point. Right. And it also involved another chain called the Showbiz Pizza Palace or something. Something that the Midwestern Hobgoblins had in place. It's crazy how all these names sound like fake. They do names Like fake, like Simpsons or South Park corporate names. Well, you know, we all grew up together. So it's all that 80 shtickery that serves as the humor core of our, our custard friends. Right. But yeah, it was there. Big arcade. It was all, it was just a fun factory. You couldn't go in uh, unattended. Uh, you need uh, a, a parent. No, no, it was the reverse. If you are over 16 years of age, oh, you, you yes. had to be there as part of a family because this was a place for kids. Oh, I see. A miracle. Does that mean it was the, the screaming death children that we attribute to the ghastly homunculus version of Chuck E. Cheese? No, this was not a place for babies. You, you. This was uh, little tween age kids running the place hmm. to and fro. The, the cashiers would just throw tokens at you. There would be an announcement. Here's a random trivia question. Come on up and win 50 tokens. As a result, I didn't spend a lot of money at Chuck E. Cheese. Right. And that's not, and back then, that's when arcade games were mainly a quarter. Exactly. Man. It was an incredible adventure. Uh, they did all kinds of weird like outreach and events, and it was miraculous. But one of the many sorrowful chapters of, of my childhood was, of course, when they had a major Halloween event. And I had the fortune, or misfortune, depending on how you want to read the leaves, of having one of those bored moms who really liked the, 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 ho- the Halloween holiday because it was her excuse to build me some sort of humiliating costume that would marvel and, and gain oohs and ahs, but... I just wanted to be a guy with a knife. Right. It's all I ever wanted to be. Still do in many ways. And that wasn't acceptable. So I'd have to be like a spider with actual articulated multiple limbs. Or I'd have to be a Christmas tree that lit up and worked. So when she heard that there was going to be a costume competition and parade at the local Chuck E. Cheese. And free tokens would be given to all. I heard free tokens. She heard it's time to ruin another chapter of the Book of Keith. She made me a Pac-Man arcade game. Huh. She built it, fully realized it was a thing of beauty. Uh, quite remarkable. Uh, the oohs and ahs. We, we bring it out on the Saturday morning to 
be a part of this competition. It, it, the place is packed with all kinds of Garbo costumes. There's no doubt that I'm going to be the one who wins. Everyone is ooing over it. And then another arcade cabinet shows up. If you've ever seen the Simpsons episode in which uh, little Lisa Simpson is dressed as a totem, a, a, a totem pole. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And you see that she can't move and she's wobbling around. So imagine little Keith moving like that inside of his Pac-Man shell, looking up and seeing some sad non-union knockoff of an arcade cabinet walking up to the curb. However, this one lights up. Oof. It looked like a child had made it, mm-hmm. you know, the, the average mean of skill uh, right. was, was quite low. But the fact that they had pushed lights up, well, here's the thing. Who judged the competition? Kids. No. Oh. No, I could have accepted the arbitrary uh, dementia of children. No, it was a far more cutting betrayal. It was Chucky. Oof. Came out from the back. And, and with all of the clarity with which his animatronic clone would sing up on the, the stage, he pointed at the first arcade cabinet that glowed at him. And so, little Conroy won. And I had to hear for the rest of the holiday season about how I didn't want the win strongly. Enough. Yikes. So, Yikes. B- before we pop off a can of trauma, let's move to happier things. So yeah, you missed out, dude. There used to be something of worth in Waterbury. That's uh, that, again. I, mean, I have to imagine that must have been gone, because I remember Toys R Us definitely in the eighties. So it, oh, it would have been, been by eighty-five, eighty-six, mid, mid to early eighties. Yeah. Rich, you have any uh, ideas there? You were a Chuck E. Cheeseite. Well, I, I don't necessarily remember when it shut down, but I will add to uh, the splendor of what was uh, right. Charles Entertainment Cheeses. Boom. Um, <clears throat> It, now, most Chuck E. Cheese's, is, is my understanding, had some version of an animatronic stage, mm-hmm. whether it was the band, whether it was um, yeah. a lion dressed like uh, Elvis. That was the king. The, right. right, right, or, right. Or, or, you know, maybe some hippo thing. I don't know. Yeah. This one had all of them. Correct. Interesting. Uh, a, yeah. The full spread. The, yeah. And, well, I know the one that exists now, I remember it going from having the full band to just... Chucky, which I'm assuming... Well, there's lots cheaper. of animals on its stages now. I speak, of course, of the fattened rats of the greater Waterbury area. <laughs> I didn't know that it had shut down. Oh, it's done, honest. baby. Yeah. I, I went to uh, the hardware store on the corner of that miserable plaza. Right, right, right. Fun fact. I was buying one of those rackets that when you swat them, it kills all the bugs in the in the electrified grid. Oh, I've seen racket. that. I've seen that, yeah. Oh, those are great fun. I'm not going to lie to you. I have one. I feel like a damn superhero. I take one of those things on a hike... Oh, forget about it. At that point, it's an FPS. Nice, nice, nice. Boy and paddle against the bug union. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, It was, and you speak of that Toys R Us. Uh, I I think that it's worth bringing up to all of the curious folks who are listening to our gentle, ongoing conversation that that Toys R Us is actually pretty well known because it was haunted. I didn't know this either. Paulito! What kind of Whataburian are you? I am apparently a very bad one. Maron! I am horrified! I will say that was... uh, I've heard from other people that that was one of the best Toys R Us's in the state. it was indeed. It's it's my standard for what I think of when someone mentions Toys R Us. To to build a a picture, I I agree with you 100%. You know, that it was... You knew where everything was... Right. It was weirdly intimate. Right. 
it was all grown-ups that worked there. Right. It was like one of the last holdovers from the day when retail was a career path. And those people were a team, and they loved that place. And it's it's crazy because I don't think people understand. They're like, "Oh, I've been to Toys R Us, or I've been to a toy store, or Target." Yeah, but the, you're, you're talking about an aisle at one point that was dedicated. One side of an entire aisle mm-hmm. was nothing but Ninja Turtles at one point. Right. That will never exist ever again. Well, that's what I'm talking it's, about. You walked crazy. in. Crazy. What's the first row? Is it a bunch of impulse garbage and summer toys? You walk down that first row, is it a bunch of summer garbage and, and impulse toys? No. It was every Dungeons & Dragons product yes. currently on the market. There were walls of Railpartha miniatures. There were paints. There were it, all of the supplies you could possibly need at a gaming store. All of the TSR SKUs. They had related SKUs. They had minis. You went past that. You had choices. You could go down toward the board games, where they had every board game in the world. Or you can hang left and go to the video game base that has never been approached ever, ever in terms of its the curation, choices, general pricing mean, and actual correspondence to the, the retail releases of games right, as opposed right. to the then you know, a non-existent home video game. I sometimes I've, I've been in that price choppers like maybe a handful of times and every time I get I'm in there I feel very sad well, of course you do because the price choppers replaced the Toys R Us this is what we got in exchange and it was just it's a very you know you're sitting you're standing there in what would have been the power wheel aisle which is like a right. huge aisle filled with nothing but power and instead wheels instead a homeless woman is stuffing biscuits into her pants no. I mean was it worth the trade yeah, it's up to her and her biscuits, I well, suppose. That was a Toys R Us. They moved to the. This is pre bankruptcy. They moved to like a brighter. Yeah, they, they moved open, to a larger area so that open they could expand. Floor, floor plan, which was yeah. terrible. It was ugly. It, it, it had more baby. There was babies, no love. There was more babies. But that was the R point. Us. Babies yeah. R Us became the the secondary ballast of the Toys R Us what chain, a, so they a, needed it. But see, Paul, the farther we get away from that location, the farther we get away from the the reveal, of course, which was that oh, yeah, why that was... Toys R Us was world known for it was haunted. Why? Well, it was featured on the television program That's Incredible back in the 1970s. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Because ultimately, this is the heart of what Paul and I are doing here. The brilliant and and glowing chunks of information we will now disseminate over the course of this, our infinite conversation, does indeed include the fact that there was a haunted doll in that toy store. It was a Raggedy Ann doll. That's where the Raggedy Ann doll came from? Gasp! Choke! The yes. one. Oh, that makes more sense. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, yes, the world-famous Raggedy Ann doll dwelt there in that Toys R Us. But of far greater import to me was when my friends and I in high school would go there, there was a little animal in the dump bin full of squeezy animals. Mm. It was a whale. Mm. I named it the Marzipan Whale. And we'd make a game of running at each other and trying to wing the Marzipan Whale at one another. But if you didn't cry out Marzipan Whale the minute it struck your target, you were out. This meant nothing. It just meant you had to rush and try to recover the marzipan. Right. Like most children's games. Yeah, like most children's games. I'm going to suggest to you that the good of the marzipan whale is the only thing that stopped Annabelle from conquering Connecticut and annexing it in the name of hell. Thank you very much. (laughs) I take my bow. Okay. I'll I'll buy that. Thank you. I'll buy that. Now, I've mentioned Annabelle. 
Have you seen the, the oh, no, I don't, Conjuring no, films? No, I have not seen those films. It's it, That's fine. I've been in the house that it was filmed in. Uh, the, they had it in, at the Warner oh, Studio lot. Paul. <laughs> the, the fact that you could go in that house and not be so touched by by the, the approachiveness of the franchise, that, that breaks my heart. It shows there's a certain lack of, of curiosity in you that I find heartbreaking. Well, you know, it's uh, we haven't talked about this, but I, I do like horror movies, but my yeah. least favorite horror movie is the ghost horror movie. And I know, this well. is, I know The Conjuring is like a thin line between like ghost and creature feature, but I feel like it's more ghosty. Good news. I generally agree. Right. I, I myself... Hate the paranormal um, activity movies. Hate them. Oh, I hate them. It's a strong, oh, hate it's a strong Hate them. Like, I like Poltergeist. Poltergeist, I like. Okay. Um, but, but you've got a, a real problem with the supernatural. Now, it, not, well, ghosts. Not, ghosts. 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 ghosts I, I, feel, I feel like they're dumb and not, <laughs> you know, it's... Well, this is a little too broad. Paul. Right. I'm going right. to ask sorry. you to I'm talk sorry. to your theory a little more. It's more, I think it's more from a storytelling and uh, directorial point of view okay that, that sounds very lovely but your general announcement of the ghosts are dumb oh, is not winning you any no points. no no i'm sorry i'm more the ghost movies okay uh, it's you know i love ghostbusters uh love okay. uh, lo- like i said love poltergeist yep. um i'm not sure if it counts as a ghost story but remember house you ever see house house isn't a ghost story right well i mean it's... house is a beautiful gift from god but we won't linger there. I want to specifically talk about ghosts but before we get yeah, distracted with any other horror movies. I don't know why the only one I could really uh, remember hating is Paranormal Activity. It's Just at the moment. We'll, we'll assume that it's stage fright. Right, right, You've right. You made right. your point solidly. You think they're dumb. Right. Is it? <laughs> now, you said directorially and, and writing-wise. So what do you feel? It's some sort I, of rush I think to, a lot of to jump, an explanation? I think it's a lot of jump scares. Like, oh, what was that noise? Okay. Oh, it was a, you know, and then you see something floating in the camera behind the person. You're like, okay, I don't. That doesn't don't scare care. you. No. It's, well, I, I think it's not interesting. It's more interesting when it's Michael Myers behind somebody. To you. You're right. I, you, no, you I'm, need, this you is my opinion. I'm sorry. Very good. I'm very good. sorry about you're, that. You're yeah. not, now, see, I, as a speaker of only universal truths that all people agree with. Right. I, I, I sometimes forget there are those who do not so assume that the world will indeed embrace their opinion right. on matters. Right. So I'll allow that. Point. And I'm and I'm I, and I will counter it with I disagree. Ghosts are nice. <laughs> no, I actually truth be told, I know what you're saying. You know, the the ghost thing is is hackney and no two ghost stories read the same to their detriment right. as opposed and, to And I'm thinking of like the movie like even though it's not it's supposed to be a demon, but like Ouija or Oculus, you're like, ugh. Well, now that's a, a, and I haven't seen Oculus, but I, I did see Ouija. It's a terrible I'm, movie. I'm going to suggest it's you're, you're dancing around a few different things here, but just basically, you're, you're saying supernatural horror is of no interest. Not unless it's done. Not unless it's done very, I guess, pulpy. Okay. I guess is the like the hell so ra- the, like I a Hellraiser cleaner statement. Yeah, like a Hellraiser yeah. or or Nightmare on Elm Street or something. Sure. I like a cool antagonist, you know, or a lot of gore or creature effects. Yeah, basically, you're looking for a comic book. You're, you're looking Correct, for... Yeah. yeah. And I will say, though, um, and this is going to uh, show everyone how uh, free my immigrant parents were, <laughs> that I watched way more horror movies before I ever read a comic book. And I started reading comics at 10. <laughs> I, I applaud them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a similar crucible that baby Keith rose out right. of. And, and look at me today. 
But uh, actually, horror uh, and exploitation are, are my favorite non-pornographic genres of film. And uh, so I, I wash in those waters quite a bit. Uh, supernatural horror certainly has its place. It's not the true north of my heart. I myself prefer slashers. Folk horror would be my, my next up after the old slashers. Folk horror, of course, being anything that borders back to old pagan myth and philosophy. Oh, same. Things like the Wicker Man or the Blood on Satan's Claw. Uh, those are magnificent movies. I even put the Blair Witch Project among them. Oh, speaking of horror, have you seen the—I told you about this, but I'm not sure if you saw the trailer for X— Yes, I in fact posted it on Facebook. Okay, what did you think? I, I so far approve. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering how. For the curious, it's a, a movie about uh, problems on a, a porno uh, movie set. Right, they drive yeah. to like a very uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre house, I guess, in yep. the middle of nowhere, rent out, rented out, and the barn without telling the landlords uh, that they are filming a porno. Right, and it's in the '70s, I yep. believe. It looks great. Yep. Perfect carve, perfect energy. I, I'm, Can't wait. I'm wondering how, air quotes, like, you know, safe this is going to be. If it's going to be a really true exploitive film or if it's going to be a lot of blood. And... Eh, we'll see. You know, it's all about what path it takes. I, I don't remember. I, I, it's doing. getting a theatrical release, right? Correct. But so, it's COVID. You know, I, I think you'll get something very comparable to one of the modern chainsaw movies with some smarts. Because it certainly looks like there's more craft there. Do you think there's other people besides the old people? Or is it just going to be old? Uh, that's another fun genre, is old people as the I, as I, the killers. I enjoy evil old people. Uh, even so recently as M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong's The Visit. The yeah. Visit was good. Yeah. Very good. And, but those were children. And then old happened. And, and no... Don't talk about old. Oh, I didn't bad, watch bad stuff. I didn't watch old. Now, since we've you know kind of segued into chatting about horror movies, and I've done no preparation, so my mind is reeling right. with with the the lack of focus right. and, and narrative. I did so that on I'm, purpose. I know you, you kept me off my swords. You've challenged me for the last time, <laughs> boy. Um, uh, I would say that yeah, we'll see. I it could go either way. These days, movies are either just dryly reserved and disappointing that they fall so short right. of hitting, as you say, the gore or the exploitation factor. Right. So that they can bring in as many, you know, dating couples as possible. Never understood middle school. Never stood never understood that at all. It can work, but you know, without doing real research into numbers, it never really seems to super work. No. It's like for every Halloween movie that opens shockingly at number one to a starved uh populace. Right. There are the 10 movies nobody bothered with in the theater. I'm looking at you, Shocker. Poor Horace Pinker deserved better. Don't know that one. Shocker was awesome. It was uh, uh, Wes Craven. It was in the spirit of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, it was? Oh, shoot. About a serial killer who makes a pact with the devil so that when he goes to the electric chair, he can jump in and out of TV shows. It's a marvelous piece of uh, garbage. I'm going to have to watch that. You check it out. You should all check that out. Nope looks good. I saw that trailer. Yeah. And I, I know people don't like us, and I get it, but he it's still very well done. Now, I, I will shock those who, who accuse me of being some sort of negative critic toward a lot of projects, but I liked us a lot, too. And, and us got a lot of cuffing. I, I thought it was fine. Yeah, my I, only... I felt it was a fable. I was willing to excuse the, the lack of 
credible reality when, when you drag it to it. I think even most people's problem is that they should have just been like, oh, the government cloned everybody. Like, that line should have just been in there instead of this eh. weird, like... Because yeah, that's the cliche, and it's comfortable. If I never heard the words government did something again, that's f- I, I'd right. be a happy pad. Right. Um, yeah, but the, the little touches were cute, and my thing is if you, you have Tim Heidecker crow like a bird uh, in your movie... That's bold. Well, it looks... Thumbs you know, up. It had, it had good visuals. It uh, had a good sense of mood and atmosphere. Yeah. Um, the kills that were in there were pretty brutal. Yeah. I was shocked that he killed that... F- you don't see that a lot of family right. getting offed like that. Usually uh, you try to avoid kids. Yeah, and, and he did family not. portrayed as a family unit because that's considered terror. Right. Which is still a term that I guess the ratings board uses because you see it up on the I don't, preview sometimes. If COVID The kills, idea that that can inflict harm because it's so oppressively right. cruel. Now, I, that's a topic for another day, but the uh, movie ratings board... Talk yeah, about a bunch dead of, animal. A bunch of dinosaurs. Yeah, and it's totally arbitrary. Uh... When uh, the South Park guys did their Team America movie, yes. shortly thereafter, there was that there was a bit about their struggles to just get the thing out in less than an, an X rating. I point anybody toward that. They changed. really shines a light on how pathetic the the system has. South Park been. the movie, they said the same thing that yeah. they changed. They gave a they gave a first script. They didn't like it. They made it worse. And right. somehow it, it, they just weren't smart right. enough to read it. You right. Know? So hopefully we made them bend the knee. So right. yeah, don't give them a hard time. Right, right. And that's kind of always how Hollywood has been. Maybe it wasn't that, but it would be some other favor, some other statement. Well, James Cam- it's very famously James Cameron kind of put his, th- his foot on their throat when Titanic was given an, I mean, uh, film people probably know this, Titanic was given an R rating. And Cameron was about to go full- financial legal legal supreme court like you cannot this is not obscene a nude woman for a painting is not obscene and that's like i guess the r rating isn't just for nudity it's for like obscene nudity so he took them the task and they backed off you never saw that ever ever again in a pg-13 movie who knows what lunatic politics motivate these these arbitrary decisions but again i do love james cameron because say what you will the man is a a very dedicated uh lunatic to his craft he's a soulless demon who gave us the most boring movie in the world and just painted it purdy so you idiots believe that avatar is something worth hanging your head before anyone freaks out yeah he's talking about avatar not any of the other avatar james cameron movies yes avatar not, not that I'm such, you know. Obviously, the man is a, an innovator. He's he's constructed technology that's changed the way we make movies. But screw Avatar twice. I see you, Jake Sully. What a cliche. And when it comes down to it, better men than I have stood on, on, on this hill as well. And I will not die there, for I am emboldened by the power of these words. Unobtainium? Yeah. Go to hell, all of you. Y- you bought your kid uh, an Avatar lunchbox? I would shoot you into the sun. Before I would say hello to you, knowing that burden lay upon your soul. The best part is that there's a franchise. Osiris sends you to hell, sir. The best part is there's a uh, franchise coming up. So yeah, franchise, sure. I think he's filmed three of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Franchises. Every horror movie in the world is happening in the Conjuring universe. Franchise my ass. Mm-hmm. This desperation mm-hmm. to, to fuck... There's no story to tell with Avatar. I agree. I'm in agreement with you. Uh, you're, Big you're... woods. People defend woods. Oh, is somebody else going to come for the unobfrigantanium? Oh, no. I suppose you'll do the other cliche that other... all you Hollywood creatives who pretend that you understand the meat and truth and depth of these characters that you have the privilege of safeguarding, creating, and putting forward to a hungry world's palate. 
let me stress this. Jungle story means this. Rival tribes. Spiritual area where you will have to talk to the ancestors. Finding a sacred artifact. Son of villain oh, replacing military man who attacked planet. Those are the stories Avatar engenders with the epilogue, of course, being Baby Sully. That's it. Those are the stories you can build out of that franchise. Stories that have been told 10 bajillion times in every form of storytelling. I do love a good MacGuffin, though. A good artifact MacGuffin. Oh, sure. Oh, that's that's uh, well, some good. How about the, uh, the gem-crusted pupa oh, of Zanto Ray? I that can be that. in the heart of their avatar. Jungle. I love it. In a cradle of unobtainium. No, you leave the unobtainium out. But well, like, but uh, see, that's 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 the good writing. Yeah. It's not unobtainium for the next movie. It's can't find a site. Can't <laughs> find a site. There's a spike of can't Trademark. find a site. Tra TM. Trademark. Wedged on top of which there is the pupa. If they find the pupa, they can bring the Navi girl's child to term. I think that. See how this works? I think. Wow, what a what a freaking warlock I am. Instead, it's going to be something about the oceans. That's what it's going to be. Well, I, I consider that nature imbalance, which was one of the things I've right. grown out of. Yes. Right. So, so no Avatar. You smell. I, I do want to see the, the Avatar thing at the Disney Park, though. Uh, that sounds interesting and immersive. Oh, my wife went. Did she went or did she tell me about it? I don't even know if she went or not, but she told me it's amazing. Th this is no a magical idea. story. <laughs> yes. My wife, who may or may not have attended. Uh, Rich, fire up the internet. Let, let's take a look at it. Maybe we can make an informed decision, too. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it, but... You're yeah. a goof. I, I couldn't stand Avatar. I it, it just was one of those cases of it's going to be one of these six odd cliches that this sort of story environment engenders. And so I'm sitting from the get-go hate-watching it. Maybe that's a failing in me. I don't know. But then when I heard of Tanya, I said, no. No failing in me. You've seen it, though, Fire right? upon the... You've seen it. Well, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. told you yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlike yourself, or apparently your wife, I have to consume an experience before I offer my opinion on it. I, that that thing looks nice, the little boat ride. I, I will say... I, I get a knobby hamburger. I, I understand why people like... Because I like the movie visually, but it's the story where you're like, oh, this could have been... So much better. Yeah, whatever. I could have been born with bat wings. It doesn't happen. That would have been cool. Fi on the movie, <laughs> says I. Yeah, it, it, but supposedly, like, sequels are going to start to manifest. I, I know that they've been delayed by this, that, I was, and I wasn't thing. kidding. They filmed all three yeah. of them. They're done. Yeah. They're in the can. The second one is supposed to be out... Uh, if not the but end of this, but they're making noise. Was my point. Yeah, they're yeah. Finally, yeah. Going to they're, start they're they're either these out. the second one is either coming out at the end of this year or the summer of next year. This is all because of COVID Dig. scheduling. Dig. Um, Disney's probably not thrilled that they have to do this because Avatar came out in, a, in an era where technology and 3D, I think, made it sure like the third highest grossing movie of all time. Mm -hmm. That's not going to repeat itself, and I right. and I think from what I've read in the industry, James Cameron spent as much money on this as if it was guaranteed a billion dollars, and that's not, in my opinion, I'm a box office guy. That's not happening. Well, There's, box office guy, you know as well as I, none of it's real money. But we won't go off. Well, on that. that's that's a different fact of the matter. That's is that's when we go off about the the world uh, conspiracy. Right, right. <laughs> The privileges that exist. Well, let me, let me ask you this, Paul. Mm. Since we've lumbered into we've chatting done. about movies this 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 evening, I'll put you on the spot. Okay. Since since you gave me basically, here's what I feel you did, knowing <laughs> knowing 
how how much I love my my filthy filthy horror movies. You you threw the topic of horror movies at me while I was just Twitter pated and off balance. Right. I I had no no starting ground. Right. To come out with powerful statements like the movie Deranged is the real Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Stop looking at Leatherface and seek it out. All See right. that's that's a beautiful and powerful statement. It would have been followed by dozens more. But now I'm all verklempt. Right. So here's where I, I turn the tables by essentially beginning where I would have. And that's to say, hey, Paul, what are your three favorite movies of all time? They can be oh. in any order. Oh, oh, is that respectful yeah. to throw that at somebody? Yeah, wow. That's, I feel that's es- You like it? How you like me now, I feel like sucker? That, I feel like that escalated. Boom, that's back. Like- that's Justice like, is served. That's like taking on. You sh- have decided that we should follow a format of trying to make the other person unstable and confused. But, I am happy to. Ghosts are stupid. Th- that's a. So tell me your, <laughs> your, your three favorite movies that's of like all time. Bringing a machine gun to a fist fight, but Boom. okay. That's what I do. Um, uh, they're gonna be cliched, I think. If you'd like, if this will help you, because I am nothing if not a Right, you're you're throwing me a a lifeline, yes. We can alternate. So when you tell me you're first, I will tell you one, and then we'll go back to you. This will buy you time to structure your thoughts. Right, right, right. For whereas I will fall upon this like a a mighty hyena tearing apart the cowardly lion. Great. Then, you know, you can build up your speed once I torn off a shank. Um, I think there has to be qualifiers, though, like... My favorite... Qualifiers! <laughs> All well, right, give me your qualifiers. So, I mean, favorite movie, but without having to say, like, I'm not, not arguing best. that it's the best movie. Nope, not yeah, the yeah. best. Okay. My favorite movie... Oh, man. That, is... that was it. That was your big qualifier. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I yeah, want, you, I don't you, want you, pe- I don't the Oscar people to come... My friend, you are a mental magician. I don't want the Oscar people to come after me. Shazam. All, All right. right, so so first, th- this is Paul on the spot, his top three movies, favorites... He is starting with uh, Last Crusade. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I love that movie. I love that Paul. movie. Speak I know, to it. Uh, I will again. I saw them, you know, in order, even as a child. Uh, so I love Such Raiders. Dedication, right? Well, well, it, that was, I think that's just how it worked in my family. Somehow well, they were smart enough for, to for to rent people. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I love Raiders. And I love Temple of Doom, but Last Crusade really. Uh, to me, worked better than Raiders uh, because the, the relationship between Sean Connery and Harrison Ford, the, the father-son relationship, was very well done. I think Spielberg has tried to do that story over and over again and failed the whole father, sure. the, abstra- the estranged father-son. Mm-hmm. They've never really... Uh, the challenged mentorship or yes, legacy. They've, sure. He's never been able to get back to that Last Crusade. Uh, I think the Nazis are bigger villains in Last Crusade. I think it's a little bit more, you know, like everybody loves Bell. I love Belloc. I think Belloc is a better uh, villain for uh, for Indy. Indy, it's like more like. Well, um, I actually think that's one of the more interesting things about yeah. the structure there is that his rival slash foe man is more passive. Right. He's around and he's enabling other folks. I think right. that's really cool. Right. And uh, there's just more. The action pieces are better. Very animated. Yeah, it's the the comedy is better. Yep. Uh, the love interest not being uh, going full pulp and making her a femme fatale, making her a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, really cleverly done. Hot Nazi is never a wrong choice. First hot Nazi for Paul was that chick, and I'm cool. like, oh, I could. Uh, all right then. <laughs> 
we'll just leave that there. Right. Um, I think the ending was done very well. As a kid, uh, as a kid, you you know, you're dumb. You don't know what's happening. You, I thought Sean Connery was gonna freaking die because <laughs> you know he got shot, sure. and um, you know, even you're surprised when the femme fatale dies because again, that's not a cliche. I was aware or a trope that right. I was aware of. Um, and it had an. It literally has the only ending of riding off into the sunset that I enjoyed because everybody rides off into the sunset. And, it, and again, it's a story trope, but it's done so well. I I will uh, perhaps please you when I tell you that it is indeed my favorite of the of the Indiana Jones, Jones movies. Yeah, and we do not hold a popular opinion there, my friend. You know, there are those no, it's who Raiders. dismiss it. It's as, all Raiders, right? Yeah, it's because it's the first. I think I feel that. Last Crusade and and Raiders of the Lost Ark balance each other as a yin and yang mm-hmm. because they're both in many ways the same level of quality of film, but one of them is draped more in comedy than the other, whereas one of them is far more serious. And I usually hate the comedy stuff. Right. I think it works. And in this in case, late, in that sweetness of the comedy right. and that love is is kind of what makes it. And uh, there you go. I won't say anything negative about the other f- movie. It's one of the, the best no. movies ever made. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Temple of Doom is Temple of Doom. But, I love um, Temple of Doom. That's fine. I, I, I won't knock you for it. But a good first choice. That's it. Yeah. For those keeping score, that is the first of Paul's favorite movies of all time. Big number three, not that they're in any specific order. Correct. Is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I, I will now offer one of my three. Now, I will, from time to time, re-examine my list. I will alter it due to necessity and and due to changing passions. You know, my pre-coming out as gay versus post-coming out as gay, any number of different movies suddenly fluxed in their value. Sure. Now that I could enjoy The Lost Boys on a truer level, it moved up like 70 different uh, you know, rankings there. On now the you know what That's we are. However, that all having been said. Now you know what you are. Uh, I, I may have even publicly shared my top three list before. This list is different. Enough time has gone by. But this film remains of the three that I have most oft broadcast as the big three. And that film is Wes Anderson's well-known second offering, Rushmore. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, that's a good one. Your reaction indeed has seen me take up my deadly disc. For prepare yourself, Sark. Tron Keith now stands ready to battle. What what is wrong? There's nothing wrong with it. What is wrong? With Rushmore, you could. What are you going to tell me? No, no, no. It's, Spit it's it a, out, it's haircut. It's a surprising. It's a surprising choice. Why does that surprise you? Uh, I mean, I love Rushmore. Okay. Uh, it's probably no. It is. It is my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Okay. I can't. I can't think of. I, I as much as I love. What all is it about Keith Field, lover and poet, that it surprises you? You that just that's love in my top it. Three? You just love it because of the and just um, straight. I I myself the funny, because of the what the funny antagonistic uh, heart. Not of that at story. all. Okay. Not at all. I can draw parallels between Max's journey in my own life. Okay, um, that's fair. The idea of weird surface love that doesn't seem unrequited because the 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 patience and the kindness of the individual 
you know, it, uh, that you are fixated yes. on bleeds backward is a thing. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as I have just intoned, being someone who spent a good chunk of their life in, in the cliche closet, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, to have had relationships and scenarios like that where, you know, it, it seems weirdly emasculating at first and then there are lessons learned as they go on. And also just being a precocious kid, you know, be, living a life where you're told from a very young age, oh, you know, you're, you're not seven, you're, you're 70. You're an old oh, right, soul. Right. And obviously there's a lot of that there as well. But yeah. just the, the whole, you know, French-inspired twee imagery, it's not as heavy-handed or as much of a uh, cartoon as it would become in his later movies. Not that I don't love them. I do. I right. love them for what they are. Um, but it was less that. It, it was more literal in its way. The, the largest fantasy elements being, well, obviously, whenever Max did it, something crazy. But, like, the plays he put on. You know, like that was more of the, the fantasy element. As his movies have gone on, he's been infusing more cartoon ideals and 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 more experimental storytelling. But as far as his movies go, that, that was the one that really spoke to me the most directly. Yeah. With, with Moonrise Kingdom probably be number two on that list. Yeah, I love Moonrise Kingdom, but yeah. I think uh, Rushmore is just more... Because Moonrise Kingdom is still... It's a kid's story. And it's a, and fantasy, it's a fantasy movie yeah. as reimagined or deconstructed. But Rushmore is like a is like Rush, almost Rushmore is pretty straightforward. And that's forward. like an iconic. It's '90s, right? Late '90s, early 2000s? I, in the same way that we are not late issue 90s. number guys. Late '90s. I, so am I defied by the calendar? Right. Uh, what is it? 1947. It's, <laughs> uh, so that would be my the, my one of three. So okay. so Paul, what would be your next movie? Um, and no particular order. Correct. Uh, this probably won't be surprised anybody when I say this because I was a teenager of the '90s, but I still, I still uh, stand by this decision. Okay. Uh, and it's Fight Club. Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. I love Fight Club. I love me some Fight Club. Okay. Fight Club. I know it's very. Like maybe it's basic bro or something, but I well yeah. no, I, I mean there's there's no psychological profiling Fight, here, Fight Paulito. In uh, Fight Club, welcome to Fight Club. It was just it's a very very smart. It's a, this, in my opinion, it's the smartest film I've seen in in a way that everyone can understand the messaging in that movie, the anti-consumerism. Uh, the that uh, it found ways to be connective, yeah, to explore with its points right. without being condescending, right, or, or being a little too mysterious, kind of, kind of a way to address the pre nine eleven uh, lostness, I guess, of Generation yeah. X and my generation, which was coming into the same. It's thing. all of those things, yeah. You know, uh, it, it, to some degree, the the whole idea of the then trend of masculine depowerment right. or repowerment, and, right. and kind of the pretensions behind it, but then also the larger truth of just people not living up to their potential. Right. And, and, and who doesn't understand that? Right. And um, I thought it was done very clever. I uh, I enjoyed, after the spoiler ending of him being Tyler Durden, how a, a million movies try to rip that off where you're sure. watching a horror or suspense movie and you're like, oh, no, Robert De Niro is really the other character in that dumb movie that he did. You know, uh, was that cat? Was that it was like cabin? It wasn't cabin fever. You, I, but I, I have to wait, 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 wait. I, I need to rewind no, it no, for a moment. No, no, no. It was because I, I realized you had thrown out cabin fever. What the hell is he talking no, about no, no, with Robert De Niro? There's a cabin movie. Uh, I think it's Robert De Niro. Oh, and, um, you're talking about the thing with the not Robin Williams. You're Who mashing too much together. It? it was Little Dakota Fanning. 
and I forget oh, what the movie yes. was called. Yes. Like the, the the guy. I think it was called The Guy. The Guy. We'll go and it's about a guy. <laughs> no, I forget but, what the name but is. But yes, there's a million yes. there's a million rip-offs of that. Uh, there are certainly plenty of other movies and that everyone that's always the reveal. Says, oh, that was such a cliche, uh, trope even back then. And it's not a no, trope. You no. don't get a lot of narrator being two characters pre-Fight Club. Both literary sure. and... And, uh, you know, um, I think the worst film. example of that was the movie Identity. That was after. Was it after? I, it was that after. Though? It was after. Because I, I, I was curious which way that rolled. I thought that came out longer ago. No, so Fight Club is like 97. Really? I, see, I thought that other one came out well before that because I, I saw it with people and. Eh. And I, I last saw, eh, I wasn't really seeing movies. But maybe you're right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm an old man. But yeah, that movie, I thought, it, you know, it's very well written. Sure it's one is. of the best screenplays. And it has it, that it, dreamy it, Helena Bonham Carter in it. Right. Horribly miscast, by the way. Be as much as I like, as much She's as I like dreamy. her. Yes. Yeah, it should have been a younger goth chick. Yo, yeah. It uh, should have been, been like Farouk Assault or someone of that. Not saying Farouk Assault. I'm just saying someone of that. <laughs> Uh, I disagree. I, I I don't know why that was your go-to, but but you kind of hit something there. Right, that right. Is, I I still find very funny, but just a a, a bitchy-faced kind of pouty spoiled. Type. Well, right, and I think she'd be hotter. Yeah. Then uh, oh, stop it! Then, she's plenty hot. But what do I know? But yes, so, that, that one that one's probably that one's number two. Okay, that's your number two. Yeah. So so what will Keith offer? Right. For his his next grand film. Well. I mentioned it earlier. I speak, of course, of virtually any of the edits of the, the lost Camelot of a film that is The Wicker Man. Who's The Wicker Man? Wow, really? Of course! This... I speak of the original. I, I will be very short-breathed in this because I have nothing terribly innovative to say other than as someone who very much enjoys folk horror. Uh, and... Uh, the idea of cults and, and and weird pagan fertility stuff, it's all of that. It's it's what popularized it as as a, a trend in itself of cinema. It's magnificent, or of horror cinema, excuse me. Uh, the many remakes, several of the re-edits, not are worth there, your time. Are, are there are there multiple like director's cuts? Or there is there cuts? is lovely history to be had, but basically there was a lot of fighting behind the scenes of the movie. Right. It was a one of those weird projects that everyone had a different vision for, and it went off in a lot of different directions. There was a lot of backbiting. There was a lot of nastiness. A lot of uh, rights shifting. I'm and all wondering that. what version I've seen. And so there are a variety. I will say that the longest edit, which is my least favorite, is the one that the diehards usually say. That's the one you must see. That is the director's super edit that was blessed by a Chinese warlord. I saw the one, but <laughs> I, I'm not one of them. I've seen the one on HBO from back in the day, so I'm assuming um, it's not the standard theatrical release. Is fine. Yeah. Uh, my problem with the longer edits that that include a lot of the the uh, the stuff that was cut away is they make it too obvious and cartoonish and in your face what's going on on the island right right like right. there are lord you know just you know if you see an orgy every two minutes it's not a surprise that these people are of the old faith and the dancing around the are there a lot of orgies in the in there the, is an extended or, scene yeah. of him walking out of the bar and that entire field is covered in writhing bodies early in the movie oh you show that before the Brit Eklund uh, song in the, right. the the pub room, which is perhaps the most erotic thing in all of cinema, okay. I, I maintain. Yes, I know. It's a body double, those of you who are 
thinking you're going to harp on that. Harp on that, Harpy. Um, but yeah, I just love it from beginning to end. I think it's the best. Uh, don't watch it on television. That's the only edit that's kind of unbearable. They used to show it every single Saturday on USA because it just must have cost them oh nothing my to show. God, here's a segue. Commander USA's groovy movies. Uh, can you imagine all the 80s horror movies nowadays playing on like TBS or TNT? Because I remember that <laughs> when it was like Friday the 13th yeah, and yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. The, was, Nightmare on Elm Street was terrible. The ever though. weird shifting values. I mean, even if you're getting something that's been hacked to high hell, it was still interesting that it'd be on TV, that, that things that were like exploitation, like I can remember Happy Birthday to Me being on broadcast television. Mm-hmm. That's not a movie you can really show on broadcast yeah. television. It was on one of the Boston channels, if anyone was curious. Um, but the standards shift so much, right? Like on NYPD Blue, you could show Dennis Franz's naked butt. Uh, back in the 90s. Now right. you could never show that naked butt, but you could potentially say the word shit at 8 o'clock in the evening on Right. It's, it's funny, um, especially t- towards the end of the 90s, beginning of the 2000s, you would watch a movie where, um, God damn it, was was bleeped out, and then literally the next show would be like South Park saying right. shit, and you're like, whoa, 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 this is a disconnect. It's like Thunderdome out there. Right. Up is down, left is right, but I'll tell you one thing. It's time for your third of your top three movies. Um, Pretty, pretty, um, I don't want to say controversial. Controversial. Because it, now other, Get every, ready, community. Every, yeah, every, every pick is, is controversial. Very well. Um, I'm going to go with. Uh, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Oh my lord! Yeah, if ever very... there was a movie that I, I did not expect yeah. to come out of you, I am intrigued and frankly a little aroused. It's... Please, Paul, <laughs> tell me why the hell you've said this. Hey, you've seen this movie? Of uh, course I have. Yeah, I think it's because it's again, it's um, oh my god, the director's name escapes me at the moment. Um, this director is known for doing like all these like. Um, I call them almost like fantasy sci-fi, where there's only one sci-fi element, and then the rest is just, it's a narrative device. Well, I believe, I, 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 you must forgive me, I glazed for a moment, I, I was hit by a straight thought. It's a Charlie Kaufman movie. Char- yeah, Charlie Kaufman, yeah. Um, and I think this movie is one where he gets across basic, um, you know, relationship problems, and it's... I know a lot of people say it's like the it's the quiet Jim Carrey and the manic pixie dream girl. Sure. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet is not playing a manic pixie dream girl in that movie. No, she's she's pretty she's much antagonistic. A yeah, and these are two people that aren't good for each other. No, it, and it's it's more about the memory like loss. Two people from any breakup. And, right, and, and right. that's kind of the the I will say the genius. Although obviously I liked it a lot less than you. No, I like. Um, I did like. I I liked it. I even thought the weird. Segue with Kirsten Dunst and Mark Ruffalo. Well, how did you not enjoy it? She dances. Oh, that's why. Naked. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's you can't get. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, but uh, even that's people think that's like a. Ex, um, it's a subplot that almost doesn't go anywhere. Besides, it shows like how he gets the tape at the you know at the sure. beginning of the movie. But even that shows like a different angle of how people view relationships. Exactly. You know, she's in love with the with the scientist guy. Mark Ruffalo is in yep. love with Kirsten Dunst, and then at the, it's very, very odd. Not odd. It's very, very. That's how it works in real life. 
well, type. It, it's not it's this that like recurring story. theme of like denial, right, and and frustration. And you get a better and you get a better view of like Jim Carrey's character more than through the memory deletion sure. than sure. you do anything else. I there's one scene that breaks my heart. I think it's the most successful scene in the movie. It's only two seconds long, and that's a woman in the waiting room for the facility holding a dog bed full of dog toys and everything else. Oh yeah, no, no, it's that Charlie Kaufman such a punch to the gut. I feel that's such a perfect little moment. Yeah, I don't think he's won an Oscar. I'm pretty sure he hasn't. Well, again, since since movie was thrown like a water balloon, well, I, I have no research handy. You're right, but he is a, a well decorated meister. Yeah, to be yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, I enjoy it a lot, and I mean, for again, I know this is cheating, also, but like, I didn't want to include Lord of the Rings. It's all three of them. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. Paul, it, like, I would have allowed. Such yeah, thing. I mean, like, but Lord of the Rings. This very uh, defined conversation, <laughs> right? Uh, Dark Knight. Also, uh, if you want to throw some honorable, honorable mentions, mentions, we'll do that at the end. Yeah, but let on. me make sure that I get my third out Let's, before time what is or, your, what's or your th- terrorists. Right. What's your th- what's your third? The one? third, and this will shock many, is an animated picture, hmm. and that animated picture is in fact the Belladonna of Sadness, an anime feature from the early seventies. It was part of a trilogy. Of erotic films, anime. I've never... Uh, put out by, amongst other people, the creator of Astro Boy. Uh, it is the oh. story of... It, it is told in what was then and would still stack now as an experimental painted uh, fashion with limited animation, though in the anime style, to be sure. If I was an anime guy, I'd be able to tell you what that style is. I cannot. Shame on me. I like that we've both gone experimental films or, or super indie films on our third pick. <laughs> Says you. These are, are just the, the most everyday. I was just having a conversation with a guy at Cumberland Farms about the Belladonna of Sadness. So, well, it's just the sort of film we fought for back in the I don't, 40s. I don't believe that. But no, I, it didn't happen at all. Yeah. But uh, it's the story of these, this, these young peasants. Uh, they they go to the the local lord mm. to tell them we we are to be wed and to pay him proper ties and how the 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 the, the king and his retinue then exercise the right of prima nocta and rape the hell out of her oh, right. and then send them off right and it's about how they just constantly uh, they they try to be good people they try to live under this lord and and turn the other cheek on all things and they are constantly and consistently abused. As she is retreating farther and farther away, you know, her, the, the husband lover is is just a, a broken nothing of a protector or provider. Right, right, right. She starts to find empowerment through uh, the, well, the symbolic element of a growing relationship with the devil, who appears in various forms to seduce her and turn her to witchcraft. Okay, it's about her quote unquote descent, though I don't say that with any negativity, uh, into the practice of witchcraft and Satanism and then how she uses that to become a leader and that transcendence or or that transformation is her becoming a woman of strength and like how that uh, continues. A lot of feminist uh, points and ideals uh, for those who are easily offended. It is a very erotic film that in its limited, uh, 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 circulation in the 70s showed up largely at art houses and porno theaters. But it's certainly not pornography. It's one of the most beautiful things you'll ever see. It was magnificent. It's something that I came to later in life and encourage all people to go out and find. It is available. 
Uh, there are interesting and kind of controversial stories about how it went into larger distribution. Uh, but I, I won't even share them because they're a little, a little spirited, I think, and, and because I'm very grateful that the movie is out is it, there. Is uh, it dubbed or subtitled? Uh, it, it is, in fact, it's something that you will watch on subtitle if you, you yeah, value. Yeah, no, I, I was curious. I was wondering. I was curious if Sony actually dubbed it. Oh, I mean, no, I'm yeah. sure there's a dub somewhere, but I'm well, real, not a monstrous. fan, not a fan dub. No, I, there fans. may be some, And uh, there are the other two movies. If anybody is curious about the the general chatter are uh, Cleopatra, Queen of Sex is the, the second, and then the last was a take on the 1001 Arabian Nights. Uh, they're both really good, but they don't approach Belladonna of Sadness for me. Uh, of those two, yeah, watch them in order. I think Cleopatra's solid. I watched them both on YouTube. So understand that they're while they are erotic, they were able to dodge YouTube, you know, sensor drones. So they're, they're probably still out there to watch. Oh, so you're like, it's like our, you know, I would... I, I have not seen these, but I would imagine yeah, magnificent YouTube. stuff. Yeah. The day you want to see the Belladonna, it sits there. So now, if you are going to pick out a right now, as you sit here, worst movie or least favorite movie, the movie you hate more than anything, oh wow, for any reason, that's a hard one to come I up with. I usually delete them out of my mind, but that's what I feel is that yeah, it's a te- it's, it's an ever coasting thing. As you sit here now and consider even just the recent movies you've seen or your current pool, what is the cautionary film that you would stab finger into chest and say, no, sir, this movie will burn your brain. I'm you a, stay away from it in its eyes. Wow, my brain right now is racing. With, uh, there are so many that you could uh, certainly throw underfoot, I know. Uh, it, it's a difficult question to ask, Paul. Perhaps unfair. And that is why I but revel you, in it. Do you have one? You don't have to say uh, it right now. If I was going to tell you my least favorite movie of all time, it's a little hard because it would be, if I was going to speak truthfully, it would be one of the movies I've walked out on. And as I look back... Oh, I've never walked out. I, I can only think of two movies that I have walked out on. So I, I'm not suggesting they're the worst, but this will buy you some time in the spirit right. of the question. Uh, the first of those movies was uh, came out in the 90s. It was called Immortal Beloved. I believe it starred Gary Oldman as no uh, one of our, our beloved fathers of the piano. Uh, so like Amadeus or some shit. I don't even remember who it was. Yeah, yeah. Mozart, Beethoven. That's how committed I was. Uh, got about 10 minutes into it, looked at the pretentious bastard sitting next to me and said, why did you bring me here? I just wanted to go to the hometown buffet. That's that's unfortunate. I get the, the, the only movie I remember thinking was garbage. I saw the whole thing through. Uh, and this is with, this is like a family movie that you just can't leave because your parents are there. Sure. Uh, and uh, is Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride. Yeah, I thought that's that's a that's not a very good movie, and no. I lo- and I like Steve Martin or uh, not Steve Martin. Um, is it Steve Martin? It is. It is Steve Martin. It is. Yeah. It uh, is. It's. I think it's not funny. Like yeah, I could tell the places. Like if this was a sitcom, I know where the laugh tracks would be. Sure. And uh, I don't know. He just wasn't an interesting. Well, I'll tell you. Character in that movie. It was, and I said, you know, watching it, I'm like, I never do this. I'm, I was in the antsy as a teenager, you being like, are we really watching this? Well, I had to. I was there with my, with right. my parents right. and my cousins, and I'm like, this is really happening. They think the American public is a bunch uh, of trusting Yeah, and this should be said too. I have, uh, I'm the oldest of, my, of all my cousins, and it's just me, my brother, my one other male cousin, and then 
12 female uh, cousins. That's a lot of cousins. That's a lot. So we all went. Maybe some of them weren't old enough, but most of us went to go see this movie. So I can't. Why leave. was that chosen as the tent post for a family reunion? So we, no, well, no. I mean, we—they all live in the area. So this was when our is, father, is the bride, Steve came. Martin, more of a pull in the Portuguese community no, than I thought he was. No, I know. I love him. We used to go to the movies a lot. Like uh, we would all go see. Uh, like man, I am really blanking on movies today. Uh, a we, good thing you we brought would go see, them like, up. Home, we would go see Home Alone sure. together, or we go see like Beethoven, the original Beethoven sure. with the dog. Sure. And for whatever reason, the, not with Gary Oldman and me walking out. No, no. <laughs> the only, the only, the only movie at that time was Father of the Bride, and I, in my brain, I'm like, eh, it's Steve Martin. And it was just my feeling is you're with twelve other people. There's no movie playing. It's, nah, let's not go to a movie. Let's just riot in the mall. Well, I'm with also, 12 people, you can riot in such a way that you're coming away with good things. Also, I should also say that probably not 12 because I'm almost positive some of them were not born yet. So probably more like it was definitely you like pay, six people. You six paint boys. the most six, yeah, inaccurate yeah. pictures of everything <laughs> you talk about. I mean, that's... that's yeah, so, six or 12 cousins. Right, right, right. Uh, good work, Paul. No, I do have 12 cousins. They, good, but we good. did not want to go see this movie. That doesn't then equate into backward attendance at Father of the Friggin' Bride. Can we go back, though? This go, movie... I prefer we do. Have you seen this movie? The Father of the Bride. Yeah. Yes, I have. You, I mean, like, am I wrong? Am I way off base? Am I like... Uh, yeah, to some degree, I think you are in spirit. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I love right, Father right, of the Bride. Right, right. But I am going to suggest that many... You can't judge movies on a shared litmus, which is to say there are movies that are basically hoard out for a specific demographic, as you well know. Right. And those kinds of movies are generally porn for women, uh, but uh, it's in terms of what women, it's specifically middle-aged women right. who crave a safe, fun, and virginally romantic romance. Right. Okay? So that's one kind. That if there's nothing happening there that wouldn't have happened on... Uh, my Three Sons. Well, right, right. You know, that level of kind of 50s milquetoast. And those movies were very popular and common in the 80s and 90s. Like, they held hand in hand with the family comedy. But I've seen those. Something like Brewster's Millions. You remember Brewster's yeah, Millions? Yeah, and I like Brewster's Millions. Sure, everybody did, because yeah, yeah. it was specifically made for everybody to like it as a family movie. Right. You know, kids are going to go be able to go see it, because it's rated PG. There's going to be at least a couple of boob jokes, you know, it, it, it for dad and for the older right. kid. You know, there's going to be slapstick. There's going to be the endearing moment so mom's happy they're there. And you wrap the whole thing in a PG bow. Those movies like Farther and the Bride are the evolution of that. And again, this is me, like, my, I remember that feeling. They became drippy and for girls. I just remember that feeling of being like, oh my God, I don't want to be here in this theater. You know, I, so, I remember it too. As I, Gary Oldman's fingers danced across those keyboards, <laughs> that, that keyboard, I, I got up and left. Right. It's 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 not like, you know, you could sit here and say, yes, like, I've seen, like, the Richie Rich movie. That movie's terrible. Sure. You know, I've seen... You know, uh, any number of shitty horror movie sequels. Sure. Uh, and those are also terrible, but they're not, they oh, don't make me feel the same way. Correct. And that's that's exactly what I was getting at, is that ultimately, I could name dozens of terrible movies that should have yeah. never been made. But most, you know, the, the horror and the exploitation and the, the low budget stuff, no, you, you don't kick that. You don't right, kick a bum right, for being right. a bum. You came to see the bum. Yeah. You knew he was covered in his own filth. And I also have, like, I, I like, like I should, especially when it comes to sci-fi or fantasy, 
like I love Independence Day. Sure. I know that movie's not good. I freaking sure. love it. You know, I love um you know, The Rock or Armageddon sure. or, you know, and I don't need to hear from people, oh, but it's really not a good movie because blah, blah, blah. Again, it's like, it's I don't that, care. You know, it's, I know it's not good. Exactly. It's fulfilling a different function. Right. In those cases, and sadly, I find that this idea of packaging movies to scratch a, a singular demographic or idea with that bleed is becoming so prostitutionalized that it's killing the quality of the product to a point of mindlessness. I remember uh, in the comic book Promethea, uh, Alan Moore's uh, long form on imagination and reality right. and states of mind and, and metafiction his and Wonder, feminism. His Wonder Woman. That's that's his again, Wonder Woman. That's his, that was a Wonder Woman pitch he had. Yeah. That he that obviously yeah falling out of DC and, and it was what it was. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Not my favorite thing in the world. Right. But one of the gags throughout that series is that uh, mass market entertainment has become so focused and vapid, there aren't even shows anymore. Like the most popular franchise is Weeping Gorilla, in which all of mankind tunes in to watch a gorilla cry. That's right. And when you make a movie that is not a movie, that it is targeting a certain desire, you know, that it's it's just a missile or a product you're feeding to a genre, fine. Where would I be without the twin fists of exploitation and pornography? Well, there's some dirty jokes there, but this is a family podcast. Uh, I, but suffice to say, we've gotten to a point now where these soulless automaton boxes get spat out. And many of them are lacking the components of just a basic movie structure that brings about a level of criticism very similar to... Those garbage superhero movies aren't movies. As time is going on, they're becoming less and less like movies. Any genre-targeted thing is. Yeah, I mean, I I get what you're saying. I think it's just a lot of it is migrating over to streaming. Because, for example... So it has to be more simplified and edible. Right, right. I've heard that, like, Death on the Nile was not very good. Sure. And it took from multiple people from my store told me it took an hour to get to the murder and the murder mystery, which is Well, I'm very long. proud of your customer yeah. base that multiple people have gone to see an, an Agatha Christie film. Well, because it's Gal Gadot and it's Kenneth Branagh. So it's, yeah. it's for the, for the, I think for the comic book community, it's a, actually a pretty, it's a pretty targeted movie. I guess, for sure. For genre people. It's supposed to give off a certain level of hip. Or inclusion, yeah. genre-wise, sure. And Murder on the Orient Express was fine, I thought, for what it was. I didn't have a problem with it. Yep. Um, so I could see how people would go, but that's the thing. They and tr- just as you're saying, you know, if you look at who was cast, right? You know, casting yeah. is, you know, the the, the the first face of this right. kind of evil that's that's evolving. So, yeah, put the guy who played Olaf in there. That way there's the you know, recognizable, cuddly character. Oh, that's... You know, it, it's like those kinds of decisions stick out like a sore thumb and right. feel just so premeditated. Right. And it's and it's usually, uh, they think by... Not to take anything away from you, Josh Gad, you seem like a solid character. Oh, no, I hate... Uh, if we have, you you have hate, problems with I, Josh Gad? Yeah, so... Paul has made I, another bizarre revelation. Yeah, so... Tell us why you may hate him, because I don't even know that you're sure. I'm No, 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 I don't hate him as... I should say this, I do not hate him as a person... 
I just do not like him as an actor. Okay. And I don't like every time he shows up, it's like... I don't think he likes you as a critic no, of ghosts. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's <laughs> it's like nails on a chalkboard yeah. and in my brain. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> um, I like that that's your question. Yeah. If, uh, it's if, a question if, I need to start asking myself more. If, if Why am I looking at you right now? If, if, uh, if the actor who plays like Samuel Tarly could murder him and just take all his roles, <laughs> it'd be fine. You're, you're suggesting easy. that that is an apple-orange comparison of, you don't of think two so? similar it, fruits? Not in the slightest! Well, yes. The act- For those of you who might have missed the, the quickly spat words of, of my friend who has problems with ghosts and fathers of brides, uh, he suggested that that creepy boy from uh, A Game of Thrones. Who was in the in the, in the, in the, in the in the hit movie Moonfall. Ah, uh, Moonfall. I somehow managed to avoid the Moonfall. I can't believe I, that's a... I'm still Keith, on the side of the... It's a Keith movie if ever there was one. I won't lie. I've tried to make people go to see it with me. It was just not something I was going to go see and I make read, fun of alone. I read the entire Wikipedia. I will never see this movie. See, I, that's a level of commitment I don't possess. I, the, the, this movie sounds terrible. To type the words Moonfall Wikipedia. Uh, there are little aliens, yes? Uh, so spoilers, uh, it's the laziest thing you could think of. It's um, it, it, is it nano nano, machines? It's nanobots. Woohoo! And uh, they look, uh, like, look at me. It's like I know how shitty everyone in Hollywood is. And um, they're basically symbiotes. Sure. So they're like tentacly things, but like you know. Um, you Ooh, what was their t- function? Terraform the moon? No. So it's it's way more complicated than that. Oh, complication. Uh, alien race seeded the universe. Yada yada. Progenitor yada. race. Uh, yeah. Um, that never is a plot element anymore. No. Uh, and they created... Are there parallels to Christianity? I I, I only read it. I did not watch the oh, movie. So oh, I only read the you got Wikipedia. me so excited. So they basically created an AI they, that they could not control anymore. Whoa. So, that's new. So they kept the AI in a prison, and the moon ah, is the yes. prison. For truly modern, you know, alien progenitor races can't just shut off a computer far Far better, they seal it in a vault. Yeah, apparently, the, I don't know what the it's, power system is. It's, it's like how mini- the good people at Atari saved us from all those copies of E.T. Yeah, oh, it's not a... It's Once power- they are sealed away, mankind can breathe. Oh, a collective sigh of relief. So, and its power source is a mini white dwarf star. Ah. Uh, not a black hole, as I was going to go okay. with for some okay. reason. Uh, so the AI was woken up because of the moon landing. Mm-hmm. The um, I guess one of the fuel tanks or thrusters that... Broke off the moon landing when oh, Neil Armstrong farted. Based, I, I yeah, think I read hit, that. Yeah, and it hit the surface and somehow sure. turned it, it on. It woke like, up the machine. Yeah, because it, it couldn't just be moon bugs. Maybe you just say it as moon bugs. No, see, the I, moon bugs have come to gestation. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind the the AI. The AI evolved from the progenitor alien race. If it wasn't, if it was the nanobody, you know, the, you ever had those things? You know, what I prefer little critters killed the dinosaurs, flew up to the moon, and they they built a hive. Now they're coming back. Oh, sure. Guess so, what falls with them? <laughs> the moon! Well, because, uh, have you seen the trailer? Welcome to Keyfield's Moonfall! <laughs> have you seen There's the... a lot of full frontal nudity. Have you seen the uh, trailers? So have you seen what these things look like? Yes. I've, to me, they, they remind... They look like the nanomachines from Call of Duty. It's right. It's like a, a big flying tendril Do thing. you know what those remind me of? Remember, or do they remind you of, Paul? Remember those toys when we were kids uh, with all the pins? And you're able to like, make... It's in a rectangle, it, it, and you're able they, to put they your... they still make them. Okay, yes. sure. So you put your head under a, a pad of pins, and it will make the image that's of what pin reminds, That's what reminds me. And again, here's another tangent. Top two alien things that Paul hates in sci-fi movies. Okay. 
is bugs not done well. Okay. And uh, machines also not done well. And by that, I mean like the same like, oh, they're bug aliens. Well, I And I, they're I, bugs. That's I, all they are. I'll throw an even stupider statement at you. And that is this. I really can't stand science fiction as a medium. Oh, this may you shock you. The, you the raised eyebrows. You were yelling at me for. Uh, yeah, I know. It was time for me to take some of the heat off of your insane proclamations. I mean, by that's throwing the most, one of my that's own. That's the craziest out. one. I I enjoy uh, specifically the whole uh, genre that you're just torpedoed. Uh, when it comes to sci-fi, I no make no mistake. This is not simply the jackass statement of a jackass, which you know, at least half of that statement is true. Um. I enjoy any sci-fi that happens in the modern day and involves the discovery of a menace or presence that is nested from somewhere else, whether it's the future or space okay. or anything else. Yeah, yeah. Or I like that. If you're going to define science fiction as somebody builds something that starts causing problems in the current day, that's fine too. Somebody's clones. A movie like I don't know, Coma could be identified as science fiction. Okay. Anything in which science runs wild, that's its own thing. You know, Outbreak is not science fiction. But if it's going to involve characters on a ship without softcore level uh, nudity and, and such, I want nothing to do What's with it. What's your take on Blade Runner? Like, sci-fi I would rather future. sleep. Wow. That's right. That's wow. me. You think Knocking I, over a golden cut. Th- yeah, that's right. You think people are going to care Don't that, give a shit. You think people are going to care that I don't like Father the Bride they, and Ghost? I think it's but far more offensive care about you, you suggest... Father of the Bride has something wrong with it. Father of the Bride is for its target audience, just like sci-fi movies are for their target audience. I'm going to give you my impression of everything I hate in science fiction. Oh, here we okay? go. Fuck <clears throat> away. Cl- clearing my throat. <clears> throat. This is a little high concept, and I think after you hear this, it's going to save me, solve me a lot of blathering. People are going to nod their head and say, you know what? This field guy's onto something. Go ahead. I am going to try to court his favor by sending him money. And on that day, victory has been achieved in our lifetime, Paulie. So here's where we're at. You're talking with someone who's telling you about a new sci-fi book that they're reading. No, what's what I like is uh, basically th- this empire realized that they could not afford the level of armament they were going to need to begin to explore the planet given the hostiles there. Uh, they discovered, thankfully, that these chitinous mounds that are left behind when the creatures molt, if you slide your hand into this certain crevice called the nemah, uh, oh there, are, there are fluids and membranes that then bind around the hand that if you then draw them out with simple chemical stimulants, it will take bioelectricity from your own body and channel it in this stream that disrupts the neural pathways of any target. Realizing that these symbiont cannons will allow them to peacefully settle the planet, they go forward. I just think it's the neatest thing in the world. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That weird need to convey in calculated <laughs> faux-tech relation mm. is everything I hate about science fiction. Yeah, but I feel like you're talking about a very... Uh, See, I feel 70s, that analogy... Yeah, well, okay. It's 70s informed. 70s informed sci-fi, which I get where you're coming from. Yep. But 
And and this is because uh, it's a real cool book because in this one the most feared aliens in the universe are feared because their ships are the size of pencils. So they just they build really tough mastheads and just but, smash through vehicles rather I than feel, shoot at them. Isn't that cool? No, but I don't I, want to think about a fleet the size of pencils. But I feel like that's again that hasn't been the '70s science fiction model for and for everybody out there. In my opinion, 70 science fiction. Are you ready for your Tales from the Crypt moment, Paul? Right. I'm good at these. Right, right. I want you to consider the entire plot of Moonfall that you just apparently gave me from Wikipedia. Right. And tell me that isn't ev- everything I just described in its own way. Yeah, you're talking about a shitty movie. No, 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 no. It's a shitty movie that's still following that spirit of <clears throat> tech and altered uh, rules of engagement with technology, knowledge, and society uh, are science fiction. So uh, to me, there's no difference between the discussion of the cage with the AI in it, no difference between that and my bioweapons. So you're talking like Blade Runner... Uh, Blade Runner, same thing. You're going you're gonna to sit there, you're going to tell Max. me about the, the mannequin... Crit- what are they called? Sims? Uh, the Daryl Hannah's? Replicants, replicants. thank you. Uh, the description of the replicants and how the replicants act comes back to my grand unifying theory of the chitin guns. It's the same thing. But all of the discussion and debates about Blade Runner come down to some kid telling you how their lasers work in their book that's cool or how the throwing axes oh, of Jarad Koo were in their favorite I don't, movie. I don't agree with that. I think, I think the thing that makes science fiction science fiction is always going to be the through line of this is the wacky part. This is the thing that builds the universe. No, I, well, you think same thing From like, Dune on down. You think like Matrix... Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Uh, all that stuff. Yeah. Mad Max is not science fiction. Yes, it is. It's no. Post, it's post-apocalyptic. It is exploitation in its purest form. Mad Max is what comes after you can call science right, fiction. Right, right, right. I, I, I have to say, I, I see your point, but it's being informed by a very old... Well, I'm a very old fiction. man, and, and we are far from done with this. But let me point out before the thought leaves me, and then right. we'll continue, that... Something I just said made me realize that, again, a serendipitous thing has occurred during our conversation. Sure. Because your lambasting of this moonfall is based around your reading of a Wikipedia article. You told me that your wife played uh, paid some sort of uh, attention to potentially having visited this Avatar event, but you're not sure if she was. So you found your perfect mate. Two people who do remote judgments of the media that they consume. No, she, she I call have, you the virtual critic. She may have gone. I just don't remember. I don't and and she's the virtual hear, critic she as well. This, but, she's uh, Mrs. Virtual Critic. Uh, she may have been there. I don't and, know. And Moonfall also, from the trailer in the wiki, that's all I need. I don't need to see Moonfall. I mean, I might one day. Let me tell bored. you something. That is a very narrow view. And now, more or less to counterbalance you, I have to go see it tomorrow. All right. That's right. Fi upon you. Fi upon you and your vote with my you're, wallet. You're gonna tell Shopkeeper. me Shopkeeper. You're gonna tell me it's the best thing ever. Who knew? Keith was once Pac-Man for a day and was crushed by a mouse. And how about that marzipan whale saving the state of Connecticut from a haunted Toys R Us? But as Keith would say, that's what heroes do. Virtual critic Paul confesses his opinion that ghosts are dumb. I think he handled Keith's attempt to bushwhack him quite well, but he did kinda start it. Infinite Geek Talk is brought to you by Infinite Heroes Comics, Cards, and Collectibles in Watertown, Connecticut, and Gorilla Valley Games. Infinite Geek Talk is a Rat's Nest production recorded and engineered by Rich Johnson in the Rat's Nest Studios.